The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday as we take a few minutes out of our day in God's Word. Again, appreciate you being part of this. Just a quick reminder that if you're looking for this, the places to find it as we've made some adjustment in my Facebook page, uh, Grace Baptist Church's Facebook page, uh, and Grace Baptist Church's YouTube channel, uh, the new YouTube channel. So you want to seek that up. It's Grace Baptist Church bakersfield california uh the best way to know if you're on the right one is sunday morning service would have been streamed so go to the live tab and you'll see sunday morning service and you'll get an idea of uh, that you're on the right channel as we've been transitioning to a newer one to give us more freedom and and opportunity to do things with it Uh, we're in matthew chapter two we finished chapter one yesterday Uh, again it's tricky when you walk through as we're going through the life of christ through the gospels sometimes you see these stories and all you think is christmas and and what we can do if we're not careful is we lose the theology and the prophecy and a lot of things in it by just focusing our attention on this as the christmas story now while uh it is truthful that we have wrapped the Christmas story around this, and this is the foundational premise for our joy and happiness when it comes to that time. Um, there's a lot more of foundational principle to our Christian belief than comes just from the Christmas story. And uh, so we're going to take a few minutes, probably take what in most occasions is used in one message or one thought as you walk through the entire uh, story of the gift of the Magi, the visiting of the wise men, and we're just going to take at least two episodes b- break through this to walk through really more of what's in here uh, than just, you know, so we can break down. What does it mean? What does it mean that these gentlemen traveled all the way from the east to Jerusalem uh, to meet Jesus? And what does that mean for us? What does it mean for history? So let's take a few minutes to look at that, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. So we look at this, and the story is predominantly known as, many call it the gift of the Magi, and that's what we'll actually talk about later when they give the gift, but the visiting of the wise men. Let me just walk through, most of us know this, if you've been to church at all and listened to Christmas stories, there is the traditional Christmas story of the three wise men coming in. Most preachers have kind of debunked that theory, but the theory is, uh, people think there were three wise men that came and traveled from the east. Uh, we actually don't know how many people traveled. We know there were three gifts. So therefore, it's been kind of relegated that we know exactly there was at least three men. These men probably would have not traveled alone. They would have had an entourage, would have had other people with them. Um, So we know they traveled. We know they traveled. Could have been up to two years. So they traveled from the east, probably Palestine, something like that. Uh, Why were they traveling? Well, they were astrologers. They were scientists. And uh, so it's intriguing what we can what we can gather a little bit about them. We can gather that uh, they were astrologers. They were studying the stars. Whether they really already believed 
believed in the coming king and they were searching the stars for it, or what I had tend to believe is they were searching the stars or heavens, whatever term you want to use for truth, and then this prophecy came. They saw it and it opened their eyes. And then through their study, they came to the realization of who this Messiah was and said, we need to go see him. So in that journey, please understand, they would have taken camels and they would have walked. So it's likely that this trip took up to two years. Now, what we do know, we'll mention this in a minute how we know this. What we do know is that this did not happen two years prior to the birth of Jesus. This was, this would have happened. They would have seen the star the day that Jesus was born, and they would have followed it for up to the next two years. And so they would have journeyed. So you're talking two years to there and then two years back. So this is a four-year journey for these Eastern astrologers, these scientists, these, these what they would have called wise men at the time, intelligent men, to come and to worship Jesus. And so we can see simply the value that these men found in this Messiah, in this king, in the true king. They come to realize that. The sacrifice they're willing to make to come visit this true king. And so you get to see a little bit of the reality. This is more than just a Christmas story. This is more than just the birth. This is the birth of Messiah. And it's another one of the great things we can teach for people who want to say Jesus wasn't necessarily the Messiah. Um, they were saying, verse 2 is saying, who is he is born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east have come to worship him. So they acknowledged who he was. They come to see Herod. Now, you would assume they would have kept following the star and come to the house where he was, but they didn't. They came to the place of Herod. Now, a lot of it, again, prophecies fulfilled that Jesus left and he had to move and he was out of Egypt. And there's a lot of different aspects of where Jesus lived in the different times. He goes to Egypt and goes to Nazareth. Um, there's a lot of different aspects to this, which ultimately result in proving his his, his prophetic belief of who he was. And so God was just using these, these wise men to help do that. So he comes in and of course they go to the palace and they look for the king of the Jews. Now, why would someone like Herod have such a hard time with this? Well, you have to understand at this point, the Jewish people were under slavery by the Romans. Herod was not really their king, should not have really been their king. He was placed there by the Roman government. Uh, he was kind of inept. He was, he was just there, as, I guess you'd say governor. He was kind of an overseer by the Roman government, um, but he was a very angry man, a very volatile man. He was a man that easily could have and did a lot of crazy things. And we'll see that. We'll see that later when he ends up killing all babies two years and younger for the purpose of getting rid of this new Messiah. Now, he's a paranoid man, as you can see by hearing that. Uh, he knew he wasn't truly supposed to be the king, and so when this new king was born, he was thinking political revolution. He was thinking, someone's been born, and they're going to come and do everything they can to remove Move me from my position. And so that's really, so that's why when it says um, in verse 4, when Herod, heard the, her, Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Well, why? Well, they were troubled because they knew of the reactionary nature of Herod. And so they were afraid, what is he going to do? So it makes you come to the conclusion that this is not the first time that Herod's acted in a way that has influenced and impacted and affected uh, these people. And so it isn't something to look at. You can see the effect that he had on the people uh, and the fear that was brought to them. And so you see a bit of the history of what's going on this time, what Jesus was born into. Um, in verse 4, when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where Christ would be born. Um, 
And so what you're looking at is now the wise men come in, Herod brings in the people, and what they're doing is they're going to start researching the history of the Jewish people. So they research the history of the Jewish people to find out exactly what's going on, and it doesn't take long for them to find this. And it's intriguing to me that he brings in the wise men, they study the Old Testament, and they find this out. They go find a prophet, and they study it. I think it's intriguing to me that they had this information available to them, information available enough to send these men to find Jesus, and yet with all of the prophecies seen by these wise men, they still deny Jesus as the Messiah. These men obviously knew there's a problem, but they still denied it. And, and it's intriguing to me how much information, even as Americans, especially today, how much information we have, how much information has been given to us, and yet we still deny the reality of this information. And to me, it's intriguing that uh, we can have the truth in front of us and deny it just for the same reason we are today. We live in a day where we want our own truth. And let me remind you, our own truth doesn't solve anything. We need the truth. John 14, I, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And so we're seeing this. You can't get to heaven. You can't, you can't really understand a relationship with Jesus without coming through. You, there is no way. Now, the world says there's multiple ways to heaven. The world says there's multiple religions, and each of them have their own ending, paradise, light, whatever you want to use. But the fact is, there is only one true answer. There is only one heaven, there is a real hell, and you're either on your way to that real heaven or unfortunately you are destined for that real eternal punishment called hell. And this is something I hope we understand, that these men found the truth and that truth was there. And may that be something that we recognize today. This is not a difference between okay, my religion versus your religion or my belief. This is truth. Now, we live in a day where people have their own truth and we're in a postmodern society where there's not real truth. Can I, be, can I just be frank? This is truth. This is not intolerance. This is truth. And let me tell you why it's not intolerance. Because not only is it true, then it's been offered to everybody to embrace that truth and receive the free gift. So I hope you look to this, that when we look at this, again, more than a Christmas story, so much more as we see the reality of what Jesus, what even from his beginning, was putting out there, that he was the Messiah and God wanted us to know that. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Wednesday morning and uh, being part of this. I hope it's an encouragement. I hope you stick with us as we take several weeks as we look ahead and walk through the life of Christ. And I look forward, I enjoy every time studying through the life of Christ, getting to know him more and know more about him and his relationship with God and his love for us and what he's done for us. So we hope you stick with us as we do this. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.